We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Back in the mix for the final hour of our Friday edition of Sports yep. Talk. Steve Gellinger, Jeff Nowak, and Charlie Long hanging out with you. Uh, who's heading to a parade tonight? Anybody? Not me. Yeah, I know you did some P raiding last night. I will definitely be at Endymion tomorrow. Yeah, I, I know this, is, this might be like heresy for some people, but I'm not a back to back parader. Well, once you get a little up there in age, it gets rough. Well, like I appreciate people who like to go out every night. I'm just not like I'm a low energy person, man. I might fake you out on the radio, but like so we did the big muses night last night. And we're gonna do big on Endymion on Saturday. Definitely. This is my this is my okay. I'm gonna go to sleep and I'm gonna recover and I'm gonna go back and do it all again. I feel like my curmudgeon grumpy old manness yes. has patience for one parade usually, maybe two. I uh, didn't make it to the Mad Hatter's parade because of we decided with the weather and all to just stay home. So Endymion tomorrow, I will definitely – you're going to see – well, I don't know if you'll see me, but I know you'll be out there. So maybe I'll try and, and see you, but I'll be in prime form tomorrow yes. enjoying plenty of adult beverages and, in, and enjoying the music and the whole scene, the food. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I can get my fix for Mardi Gras in one parade, honestly. Yeah. I, know, I know some people are, are nightly um, dedicated parade goers, and, man, it takes so much out of you. And I appreciate the hustle. The patience trying to find just a spot in parking. Yeah, I do, I do look down on the people who camp out overnight to hang out for Endymion. But hey, I get it. You know, if that's your thing, that's your thing. I will say, you know, we were talking about rugby earlier. Yes. And we were asking questions that we decided not even not even look up the answers for. <laughs> but uh, I did get a text Just from random uh, questions for friend the of the program, Ian McNulty, who happened to be listening, and is also most people probably don't know this. He uh, he is the food writer for NOLA.com, Times Picayune, but he also does the play-by-play for the NOLA Gold. And he texted me, and he says, we were asking how long a rugby game is. He says, a rugby game is 80 minutes regulation, usually takes about two hours from kick to final whistle. It's a running clock, and not much stops it. So it's kind of like soccer in that respect. But there's the answer. So we left you hanging, and now we have we have thrown you that information. So a two-hour game you're pretty much in store for. Yes, which is the perfect length. That's why I like college basketball. Um, because it just it, it's over in a reasonable amount of time. I don't have to spend an entire afternoon watching a game. It's like, okay, two hours. That's that's good. It's like the length of a movie, right? And if a movie is three hours long, I don't like that either. So we're in Totally the agree boat. there, right. I'm usually <laughs> 15, 20 minutes in, I'm out anyway in a dark theater yeah. or on my couch. I don't I don't need I don't want to have to take like three bathroom breaks in one movie, you know? 
you know, the the movie needs an intermission so yeah. everyone can just stretch. I, see, I would actually be on board with that. A three hour movie, if there was an intermission, right? Like, if if a movie is more than three hours long, it should be required to have like a five minute break at least at some. Anyway, we're, we're, we're this is a sports show. Um, one more non sports thing. We have a texter saying they're going to Thoth on Sunday, so that's a, that's something. If you're if you're a Thother, check it out. Flying Thother. Toth. 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 Is it Toth? It's Toth. Is it Toth? Oh, man. I just outed wah, myself. Wah. It's like right. when I moved like, down oh, here. Who's this Yankee It's like here. when I moved down here and I was calling it St. Roach. <laughs> that was embarrassing. Right. I got corrected. Now I say it right. Well, uh, we'll do it, go talking Toth. about mispronunciations of you know local things, obviously your, your achafalayas and your chapatulises all look pretty intimidating, but doing prep football when I first yeah. joined the crew here uh, – <laughs> To me, the name looked like Del Cambre, but it's just Delcom. Yeah. yeah. I was just trying, I was sounding it out, and I got like the dirty looks. Isn't that a cough drop? Friend? Del Cambre? Delsum? No. No, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, you know what? There, there was a text that came in uh, about uh, after Brandon Cristal's interview. And one of the things that he said, and I didn't correct him at the time, but it, I also think it was more just like a, a, a kind of miscommunication than what he intended to say, which was like, one of the things that's different about the Denver market from the Saints market is the size of it, right? And so when he's talking about, you know, Sean Payton wasn't covered that way here. I didn't take that as kind of like a, like a, like a backhanded thing. I think it's, it's true to an extent. Like I think the media here works very hard, but we don't roll nearly as deep (laughs) as some of these other markets. You know, this is one of the smaller media markets in the NFL. I think only the Packers are smaller and that's obviously, you know, the, Green Bay, which is not exactly a uh, international hub of business, if you will, um, but you know, <laughs> like that's when when you're talking about okay, how many people travel with the team, right? Like how many reporters get sent to the combine? You know, there will be Saints reporters there, but you know, we're not talking about dozens and dozens of people following you around. And I think that is true when you go to these bigger markets, and suddenly it's like, how many news stations are there? How many newspapers are there? How many web outlets are there? And it's going to be a little more robust than it is here. All that said, I don't think that Sean got a pass when he was here. I think he got covered pretty pretty intensely, and so I do. I did. I I did probably should have slapped that down a little bit when he said it, but I, I don't no, think it was in any ill intent. Yeah, I remember uh, Cristal talking about that. I never took it as a slight against. New Orleans media, to me, it was just, yeah, like you were saying, they just roll a lot deeper because they have more television, radio, prints, whatever you want to say out there. Yeah, bigger market, more coverage. Uh, Doesn't mean it's going to be as intense either. Yeah. No, I mean, you can have a lot of people there and they're still not asking good questions, right? They're still not holding people's feet to the fire. So, yeah, I I understand why why that might have been taken the way that this texter took it. I didn't take it that way. It will be interesting, though, to see Sean obviously now in a different market adapting to new – the new setting, the new media, and and how things go there. Yeah. Because he he did – I won't say – trained us but he had us oh he 100 trained us are you kidding me he definitely had us tuned to what was acceptable and, and you know that's going to take some time for the the denver media to know uh what's going to get him to shut things down right away yeah when you when you are this, uh, at a place for a decade and especially doing it well and you do have these kind of things that you do like there for example when we would go to the indoor facility they would make us go outside and go around and come in the other side to do the interviews because we weren't allowed to walk on this like strip of grass on the sideline where the coaches would be, even though they were gone by that point. And it was just this like weird thing of control that was like, okay, yeah, you know, you're going to do what I say, whether it makes sense or not. 
Like, that's how this relationship is going to be. And then one of the changes when Dennis Allen took over was like, it was like, no, that doesn't make sense. We're just going to let him walk over that. The, you're like, thank you. Like, that makes sense. But it's it's just an example of like when you're like coaches will do that. Coaches will make sure that you are stepping where they want you to step. And like you understand what this relationship is. And it's going to be interesting to see how much Nathaniel Hackett was doing that. Oof. Right. Like I have a feeling that a guy like Nathaniel Hackett probably let reporters and staff kind of walk on him to an extent where it's like Sean's gonna be like absolutely not and I think that is gonna be you know you talk about how big that media core is right it's gonna be an adjustment it's gonna be an adjustment for them oh absolutely and I I know when uh starting around here with Sean Payton's first season uh the sideline reporter uh then went up to a player after the first game you know trying to get a post-game interview and this is Sean Payton's first game, obviously right. too. And he's he's looking at the sideline reporter, going, "What in the world do you, <laughs> you think, think you're you doing?" Are, right? right, and it's like, "Well, I'm I'm doing my post." He's like, "No, you're allowed. I tell you when you can talk to these players, kind of thing." Yeah. And yeah, I guess you could say Sean did have the Nola media trained pretty well then. Yeah, well, I mean, it's within reason, right? Like it is a give and take. And and I think he understood that. And I think early in Sean's tenure, and he admitted this when he retired. Oh, absolutely. Like, he was like, yeah, I was a little crazy, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, I think Fletcher Mackle has a story about he was on a date with a girl, and he got a call from Sean, and, like, he would tell this better than I would, but, like, he was like, I got to take this. And he went outside, and Sean just, like, ripped him for something. And then he went back in, and, like, she was talking to somebody else and, like, ended up marrying that person. Um, but, like, that's he, – he, he we had a dinner with Sean after he retired, and he was like – that was, like, one of the things he like, made sure. He was like, I'm sorry. I was the worst for several years there. And he got better as it went on. But that relationship is interesting. And so I, I am – like, it's probably, you know, people who are listening probably have their, like, ears glazed over. I don't know how you say that, like, <laughs> eyes glazed over. But, like – to me, it's really interesting how that interactions, how those interactions kind of take place. And you know, Sh- Sean Payton, the coach, when he's quote unquote on the clock, is definitely a whole lot different than than Sean, non coach, off the clock. Sean, oh, yeah. he's a lot more fun. Oh yeah. Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak want to hear from you on the Oakland Heart Jewelers talking text line 504-260-1870. What you up to this Friday? Coming back with more sports talk after the break here on WWL. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Opening day in college baseball, we saw the LSU Tigers coming out with a big 10-0 win in game one of that series over Western Michigan. Uh, Pretty impressive, obviously, when you can come out, uh, shut down the opposition, putting up 10 runs. Uh, Paul Skeens, the pitcher, looking impressive. The Friday night ace for the LSU Tigers coming to their transferring from Air Force. uh, 12 strikeout performance in game one. Uh, Overall, 
I would say a huge positive for the Tigers, obviously, except for uh, just a question about one injury in the game and leaving early. Yeah, I mean the 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 frustrating thing if you're the t- if you're LSU baseball right now, it's like ten nothing win. Everyone's like, yeah, that's what's supposed to happen, right? Right. And that's that's, that's what happens the, when you're the top team, right? And that is the position you're going to be in. It's the Alabama position. <laughs> it's the Georgia position. Well, if you like, it used to be the Alabama position in football. Now it's the Georgia position where you, if you're not blowing somebody out. Fans are going to be like, "Whoa, what's going on? Why are you struggling?" And so that's going to be something that is going to be interesting to watch. Like, yes, when you're when you're beating up on Western Michigan, everything looks good. What happens when you when you blow a game here or there? Do you kind of recover from that? And that's why you know this is a kind of an interesting segue that doesn't make any sense. But we're going to go to LSU women's basketball because I think that what they did last night against Ole Miss was yeah. impressive. Angel Reese came back, and I mean, I don't what what was her stat line? Just, what was it? Thirty six points. Yeah, and like twenty rebounds, right? And and it's like her first thirty twenty ever. Yeah, and and to come back from the game that she had against South Carolina, yes. and she got beat up. Like LSU lost that game, and it you know like I think that she in particular had a really rough day going against a team that is gigantic and is very difficult to play. And so you watch for a team that's like, okay, can you like that's a team that is out of your class right now, but you want to work into that class. And how do you do that? Well, it's by being consistent. And I think her coming back and having the type of game she did against a good Ole Miss team, like that's not like you're stepping way down in class from South Carolina to anybody. Sure. But that's a good Ole Miss team. That's a top five SEC team. And, you know, you played a close game. Andrew Reese was a star and didn't let that, like they didn't let the South Carolina loss beat them again. And so that's a good thing. And so if you're a big out-time LSU fan, I think that's a very encouraging win in a game where you could have been still kind of reeling from that loss. So I think that's worth mentioning. You saw after the game, too, Kim Mulkey taking off her pink blazer yeah. and, and handing it to the stands. I think she said, like, she's like, hopefully that's not an NCAA violation, which now they're going to check and see if it is. Oh, Lord. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, Kim Mulkey also had an interesting, like, she was on Sports Talk talking to Bobby and Mike, and she pointed out that, like, after the game, there's that kind of cliche a little bit, but it's like you either win or you learn, right? Yes. And she printed out the story from Jalen Hurts, and she handed it to her players, and she had them all tell her what they learned. And, you know, like that's important. Like I think people get caught up in like, oh, you need to win every game. It's like, no, you can lose games, but that needs to be a benefit to you in the sense that you, you got exposed somewhere, and then you're going to fix that. And so that's what LSU has to do now, especially the women, especially because they are in position where they're going to get a top two seed in the NCAA tournament based like basically regardless of what happens from here on out. So you have to get there at your peak. You don't want to have peaked in the middle of the season when you were like, wow, we won 23 games. This is great. You want to be peaking in the tournament. And so that's where they need to figure out right now. It's actually kind of funny you brought up the NCAA women's tournament. My wife actually asked me last night while we were watching the game, she's like, do the women have March Madness too? I'm (laughs) like, of course they do. Yeah, it does kind of get overwhelmed a little bit by by the men's tournament, but it is there. And, uh, you know, as growing up in Connecticut, obviously (laughs) UConn women's basketball. (laughs) They're pretty good. (laughs) They're they're pretty good. And, you know, and I don't get to see a lot of the games down here, but I always end up, like finally, like they get into the final four, and like you, that's kind of the expectation. It's like I don't even need to watch it until I get to the final four because they're going to get there. It's just a matter of who they're playing when they're there. And there was a run where I only watched like three UConn women's basketball games in in three years, and it was in the final four all three times, and they lost. Oh. And I was like, this team has won like ninety six percent of all the games they've played, but. They've lost four games total. I've watched three of them. <laughs> well, uh, you were around. Did you get to cover Gino Oriama at all or no? 
No, I didn't. I wasn't really covering college sports. Okay. When, you know, uh, I started covering UConn when in my senior year at college a little bit, but I didn't really get to cover them a lot. Like once I started covering sports, I was in Myrtle Beach or I was down here. So I didn't, I've never really covered. One of the reasons I can still be a really good fan of UConn and and the teams up there is because I never covered them. Like I can be irrational. Well, you 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 don't think you could be a good fan of. You don't think you could be a good fan, uh, like a good reporter for them? Uh, it would be hard for me. It would be hard for me. And I think that's true of a lot of Saints fans. Whether they want to admit it or not, they would have a hard time covering the Saints if they had to do that because it's like you have to disassociate The objectivity. Yourself. Yeah, you have to be objective. Unless you're Bobby. Bobby's a special case. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not being a homer. <laughs> Except a, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I guess you know what? That is a benefit, I, I would think, that growing up out of market – and covering a team, yeah, you don't have any kind of built-in any biases at all. Oh, I have biases. I just keep them hidden. <laughs> you're you smart. You're professional, true. Jeff, yeah. and then fan I come Jeff. up with all my biases myself. I haven't allowed the <laughs> I haven't allowed fanhood to, to hurt me. Um, but no, but at the same time, and I know people hear that and they're like, "Wow, you're not even a fan of the Saints." Like, I live in the city. I root for the Saints. Like, I'm not saying I don't root for the Saints. Everyone in the city roots for the Saints, but it's in a different way. It's 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 at a, from a more objective perspective of like, yeah, I want to I want them to make the Super Bowl so I can go cover it. You know, hey, no, see that was that was my thing too. My first year getting to do the sideline was the horrible Nola No Cole year, but the Eagles did end up playing the Saints before you know having uh, the the Rams coming into the Superdome, and a lot of folks were asking me, oh man, Steve, who who you rooting for? Do you want to see? You know the Eagles advance, or you know, are you are you pulling for the team you're covering, the Saints? And I'm like, man, I, I just got to the sideline, and I want to go to the Super Bowl, so go Saints. I also want a parade. I always want a parade. <laughs> I, I, right. I want my paycheck to also be bigger. Yeah. I just, I just, I, I want to see a Super Bowl parade. You know, that's one of the. I've seen a lot of parades in New Orleans. I have not gotten a chance to see a Super Bowl parade, and that's just like we look at the Chiefs parade, and I like the Eagles parade was really cool when they won. But like no one parades quite like like no one does it. This no, you like, look at other it. cities and it's definitely like oh you amateurs. It's like yeah, yeah, that's a that's a cute little parade you got there. But uh, well you know let us take this right. Uh, we we know what we're doing, and uh, that's what I want to see. That like I wasn't obviously wasn't here for the for the Super Bowl parade in 2010 when they won. Yeah, I think the there was a funny post. A couple years ago, when the Rams won the Super Bowl, yeah. and you saw like their bus going by, like it's it was going like twenty five miles an hour, <laughs> and people are just like it zoomed by, just and folks are looking beer like, cans at it. <laughs> yeah, they're on there. Let's trust us. And then you had Tom Brady winning with the Bucks, and they were like throwing the Super Bowl trophy from boats. And stuff. So yeah, if nothing else, New Orleans could be parade consultants for other places. That's least. true. That's true. I mean, we we had a better parade when they didn't get to the Super Bowl than than the. <laughs> Patriots had when they won it. I mean, that's the thing. Like the Patriots have had so many Super Bowl parades at this point, they probably are just kind of boring. Yeah, it's like, oh, what, what can we do besides a parade? Speaking of parades, I think we have uh, Jimmy on the Oakland Jewish talking text line calling in from the Endymion route, where he is apparently just hanging out For all tomorrow. night. I assume. Jimmy, how you doing it's out there, cold. man? It's- it's cold out here, man. I'm trying to hold this spot down all night for the family. <laughs> Traffic sucks. <laughs> right, it's very windy. I had to get back in my car, charge my phone up, dude. I'm, I'm like, it's like a, a bad episode of Survivor. What part, what part of the I'm route are you on? I'm in mid-city, man. It's okay. rough, dude. I'm trying to do this for my family. I'm out here. It's cold. <laughs> it's very – and traffic's horrible. And and you're bringing up great memories of the Super Bowl uh, parade we had down here. It was a very, very cold night. 
when the Saints had that parade, Bobby Bear was wearing a dress. Yes, indeed. And he yes. lost the bet. I remember that very vividly. And uh, it, it was a very, very, very cold night. But it was a great crowd. And, um, and look, tonight, man, like I said, dude, traffic sucks. I don't know. Y'all are lucky to be in the studio or whatever, man, because, dude, traffic sucks all around We're the city have to right leave now. at some point. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, just take your time. I don't know what's going on, but, I mean, obviously it's Mardi Gras related. But, hey, look, I wanted to ask y'all this, and I asked this to Mike Dettilia earlier about a week or two after the, um, you know, after the Senior Bowl. Are there any guys that stick out to you guys as far as somebody we might take a flyer on in the later rounds? Uh, because, look, I don't know if we're going to get Derek Carr. I don't know if we're going to get an uh, often injured Jimmy G. I don't know if we're going to stick with Dalton. I don't know what's going to happen. If we don't draft on the higher end, is there going to be a guy? Because, look, with the success of Brock Purdy, I think you're going to start seeing more people think, okay, well, I can get, I can strike lightning in a bottle like they did, which probably won't happen. But, you know, you've seen it with running backs. Back in the day when I was young, guys, you know, I'm in my mid-40s. When I was young, people, teams did draft running backs now, right. if you notice, they rarely draft a running back top 10 because they know that their uh, shelf life is short. So, look, are you guys – do you all see anybody in the senior bowl or otherwise that kind of strikes, uh, sticks out to you all as a, maybe a diamond in the rough for us? Let yeah. me go get back to my parade route. Happy Mardi Gras. <laughs> you too, Happy man. Mardi Gras, Thanks Jimmy. Call. Yeah, I have a I have a couple that, that I could go throw at you. One of them is kind of less of a dark horse now because he actually played really well in the senior bowl game. But I was I saw him on the first day of practice and he stood out immediately. It was Evan Hull, the running back from Northwestern. Not the most physically imposing guy, but he's probably got the best feet of any running back that I saw at the senior bowl. Probably gonna be a mid round guy. Maybe you can get him in the fourth or fifth round. I think he's really intriguing. There was one player who I'm going to struggle to say his name, and it's going to drive people nuts because it would be another situation where the Saints draft a center. Um, but it would be – okay, he shortens his name to Olu Oluwatimi. And so he's a center out of Michigan. Obviously, you, we know that the Saints are familiar with Michigan center, Cesar Ruiz, and they moved him to guard. And I think if you're still trying to go for that cross-positionality and you see the value in not having to carry an extra center on the roster if you have guys who can work at guard and center, um, and maybe he can be someone who's more of a backup to Eric McCoy and can fill in at a guard spot when you need him, I think he looked really good. He's just a big anchor guy. Like He's not going to get beat in the run game and uh, I'm sorry in pass protection and he can hold up in the run game like I think he's an intriguing guy out of Michigan in the mid rounds and then uh, Davis Allen tight end out of Clemson um, the reason I like him and like this comp is gonna make people kind of roll their eyes but Nick Vanette is yeah. who he reminds me of and while yeah this we're talking about a mid-round late round guy he's an NFL ready blocker and I think he has upside in the receiving game. He's not the most athletic guy you'll ever see, but he's big and he can hold up. And I think, like, if you look at all the tight ends that were out at the Senior Bowl, he's probably the most NFL-ready in terms of a lot of these guys, you're drafting them, you know, like a Luke Musgrave, right? A ton of potential as a receiver, but can you trust him if you have to have him go out and block Hassan Reddick? and not have your quarterback be murdered and end any shot you have at the NFC Championship, mm. right? Like, is that the situation where you want to put him on the field? Probably not. So it might take him longer to get on the field, whereas a guy like Davis Allen, you can trust from day one, and that'll give him more opportunities to work in. So he's a guy who, if you looked at him on day three, you might you might get a kind of a diamond in the rough there who can, who can build into a player. So those are the three that I liked. I was going to say a guy who might have been a dark horse at one point, I don't think. Tajay Spears. I was, yeah, exactly. I was going to say everybody 
knows the name now, not just Louisiana and Tulane fans. After that Senior Bowl outing, I think that's an, someone that's pretty much on everybody's running back radar now. Yeah, I've pro- like my, I, I want the chance to draft him. Like I, I love Tajay Spears. But I feel but, like he's going to go too high now. Yeah, what I've decided a few weeks back is I'm going to stop tweeting about him. I'm going to stop <laughs> talking about him so that maybe by sheer will I can force people to forget about him. I don't. I don't think it's a good strategy, but that's my only. It's the only way that I feel like I can help him get to the Saints. <laughs> Maybe you can tweet out the uh, the GIF of uh, the Men in Black. Yeah, mind, like the, the neuralizer. Yeah, and just thing? go. Yeah. Everyone think about Tajay Spears. Memory yeah. or weight erased. No, but he's. I mean, he was the practice player of the week, right? Which yeah. sounds like <laughs> sounds like a joke, but it, it's a real thing, apparently. Um, well, we give out that award at Saints training camp, but it's not, never usually a good thing. Yeah, um, but no, he's like I could see him going. Early third round, maybe second round, if someone gets real crazy, because um, that's that's where you see a lot of running backs go. Um, changing changing topic here. I'm looking up at the celebrity all star game. I, I believe they have a four point line. Am I crazy? What is that? I'm not sure. The Ruffles four point line. It is a four point line, but it's funny because that's yeah. I guess that is like farther out than the three point line. Yikes! Is there a capped score on this game or no? Like you were mentioning with the uh, the All Star you know, Rising Stars game. Are you asking me? I, I have no idea. The, <laughs> the Celebrity All Star game is very far off of. Yeah, I don't think they're. My radar. I don't think it's they're worried the about any event. of the and the celebrities getting injured in the event. Yeah, it's just bad basketball. Um, although <laughs> I do know Wim Butler was in it a few times, and he was he was pretty good at. I enjoyed it. watching the first ten seconds. Someone just pulled up from I think beyond the four point line and just completely airballed. Wait, Not even close. What's better, Jeff, the celebrity NBA All Star game or the Saints media football game? Well, I'm in the Saints media football <laughs> game. I, I figured I was like, let's see where we go here. Yeah, I can tell you that I caught a touchdown and we lost by many points. Um, yeah, Sean Fazend is like the is the ringer of that game. I don't know if anyone knows this. He just bullies everyone. He's uh, oh, absolutely. There was the one year when the Saints and Patriots had dual practices up in New England. They ended up having the media, you know, flag football yeah. game, and Sean Fazend dominated. Uh, even taking out, yeah, even taking out a former Patriots quarterback on the flag football team. <laughs> yes, he, the, he 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 turns it into a, into a, a laugher every time. Pretty impressive. Maybe the Saints turn to Sean Fazan this year. Who knows? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Yeah, you know, well, I, there are no bad ideas. Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak, along with Charlie Long, here on Sports Talk Friday. Coming back with more Sports Talk after the break here on WWL. Back here on Sports Talk. If you missed it before, LSU baseball opening day. 10-0 victory over Western Michigan. Uh, the Tigers were on the bet 92.9 and 1350 AM today, but the next two days we'll have LSU game twos tomorrow. Pre-game coverage, 1 o'clock, 1.30 on WWL and the Odyssey app. Game three is Sunday. Pre-game is noon, first pitch, 12.30. That one also on WWL. Always catch the action on your home for LSU, WWL, AM, FM, WWL.com, and the free Odyssey app, where you could also get a great podcast called Inside Black and Gold. I would yeah, check, check that out. out. Uh, Jeff, something that we just recently talked about over there was the coaching situation, obviously, with the Saints um, losing some names. And, you know, I, I don't think there was really any huge surprises and – Maybe the biggest surprise to me was the fact that I don't know if Sean called or if even the Saints uh, had the discussion with with Sean or Denver at all of Pete Carmichael maybe joining the Broncos, and that just 
I know we talked about the lateral move wasn't going to happen, but it's a little surprising, I guess, that Sean's not coming after his quote-unquote right-hand right hand man, you could say. Yeah, so Sean couldn't have feasibly hired him just straight up like yeah. the way he hired Zach Streif. What, what if you made him the offensive coordinator and – Strength and conditioning coach. You know, just I'm just saying. You think that would be a promotion? I don't know if you add like add another you, title does to that. Pete Carmichael strike you as a strength and conditioning guy? I was just it just came to my mind immediately. I was just going to say, all right, what, the okay, offensive the title court, you're looking for is assistant head coach. Or yeah, there you go, something yeah. <laughs> something, something like that. There, anything that you could add to his title to make it a quote unquote promotion. I mean, based on how many injuries the Saints have had, maybe he would be a good strength <laughs> and conditioning coach. But uh, no, I mean, I think that. It, I mean, it'll be interesting to go learn down the line whether Sean did try, pitch, attempt it. Mickey yeah. said straight up, "Not going to happen." There would deny any of those. So, <laughs> you know, but they did get Declan Doyle, who was an assistant. Now he's going to be the Broncos' tight ends coach. They did get Zach Streif, who was the assistant O line coach, and now he's going to be the Broncos' offensive line coach. And they tried to get Kevin Petrie, who is an assistant, who he opted, opted to stay. To stay. Yeah. He's a local guy. He went to LSU, so that makes sense. I uh, didn't want to uproot his whole life for whatever job Sean was offering. Ronald Curry interviewed for the offensive coordinator job. He's going to stick around. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. Um, one thing that that I think we can draw attention to uh, late in the show here, uh, Taryn Walk, she's the one of the Saints reporters for NOAA.com. She did a really good story about Juwan Johnson and his wife, Shannon. They are, she is pregnant with their first child. They've been dealing with some pregnancy issues uh, a couple. Oh, uh, awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. I'm glad that. It's a really good story. I recommend okay. everyone check I'll it out. I'll definitely check it out. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to go through the whole thing here, but you know, congratulations to the to them. Juwan is one of my favorite players on the Saints, whether he's catching passes or not. He's just a fantastic person. Um, but you know, anyone who's ever talked to him will 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 corroborate this. You know, and so it's just it's it's great to see. And if you're on TikTok, he's like a TikTok famous, independent of his football career. So that's something else. I always enjoy pregame. You know, we're doing our show first take, and you always see him. Out on the field. Juggling. Yeah, juggling Bare early. foot. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that's how you know you're getting closer to game time for sure. Yeah, and I mean, I think this. I think Nick Underhill wrote this story at New Orleans Duff Football. You can go check that out. Like, he is basically an honorary member of, like, the um, like like field team or whatever. Like, whatever you want to call it. Like, the, the group that cleans up the locker room after the games. Because he will stay. Like, if you've ever – like, you you know this. Like, you've been in the locker rooms. Like, he's the last one in there. All the players are gone, and it's just Jawan and the people cleaning up all the tape and stuff. off. Like, he will stay and do that because he wants to. Like, it's just – he's a fascinating person. So, you see him have success on the field, and you're like, good, because I want him to stick around because <laughs> I really like that guy. So, it's just – it's cool to see good stuff happen to good people. No, and I think with Jawan Johnson, it's been an amazing story. One of those, you know, uh, mind – discoveries that this team has found yeah. and he's someone that too like you can you can see his development every year and I, I still don't think there's a cap on that talent right now I think there, there's obviously more room to grow for Jawan and pretty excited to see you know what this new tight ends coach can do for him too just because of the history he's had in with with some pretty impressive names throughout the NFL and we just haven't seen that tight end position really flourish here lately for New Orleans. Yeah, so we're talking about Clancy Barone. Right. Um, I think he was out of coaching last year, but yeah, he's been a tight ends coach for several teams. He coached Algie Crumpler. He coached uh, Antonio Gates. He coached Zach, Ru Zach Rudolph. I always want to say Travis Kyle Rudolph. Rudolph. Kyle Rudolph. Okay, there's a – I think I, I always mix it up because, like, okay, tra Travis Rudolph was a wide receiver for Florida State. Anyway, but it's 
Kyle Rudolph. Uh, and so he's the only tight ends coach in NFL history to coach four Pro Bowl tight ends on four different teams. Uh, one of them is Julius Thomas. And there was always a funny joke that I heard about Julius Thomas, which was when Peyton Manning was the quarterback, you could have put a shopping cart with an arm on it and he would have caught 12 touchdowns. That's like, <laughs> that's just how good Peyton Manning was with the Broncos. But yeah, he's, he's, when you look at the coaches they hired and the track record that a lot of these guys are bringing in, his is as impressive as anyone you'll find. So, you know, for a group that has, I would argue, underperformed, a tight end group over the last several years, hopefully he can he can bring that up a little bit. Have anything to say? Give us a call on the Oakland Heart Jewelers Talking Text Line. That's 504-260-1870. Coming back for one last segment here on WWL Sports Talk Friday. Back here on Sports Talk, Jeff and I looking at some things going on tomorrow. We've got LSU Baseball Game 2 at Western Michigan. First pitch is one 30 here on WWL with pregame coverage starting at 1. Also, apparently the temperature is comfortable that is on enough the for the free Odyssey app. Yes, it'll be a little bit warmer tomorrow. Yeah. Uh on the mound for the Tigers in game 2, Riley Cooper. Riley Cooper. The lefty. Yes. So, we'll see how that turns out for the Tigers. I'm excited. I'm going to be busy with Endymion all day, but well, I'm sure you'll have the radio or, or using the at Odyssey app on, on your phone. I'll throw it on the TV, the TV, <laughs> the TV box. Uh, but also tomorrow, the uh, LSU men's basketball team taking on South Carolina. Not that's, appointment viewing. Uh, that's a pregame of 11:30 tip off at noon. That's going to be on the bet 92.9 FM, 13:50 AM. Okay, so we we need to talk about this here. Okay, this LSU men's basketball team is the season they've had is fascinating. Like. If you go back to December 28th, they are 11 and 1 playing top 10 Arkansas. They're ninth ranked at this point. Okay. And they win. This right. is their SEC opener. They beat Arkansas 60 to 57. At that point, LSU men's basketball is 12 and 1 with a win over a top 10 team. Since that point, <laughs> they have lost 12 consecutive games. They are now, I'm sorry, 13 consecutive games. They're now 12 and 14. That's fascinating. How is that possible? <laughs> it's crazy. It's it's really, I mean, been abysmal for, you know, Coach McMahon in his first year. And I knew it, was, it wasn't going to be an easy time for him in this transition period, but I didn't expect this big of a struggle. You only play 31 <laughs> games in this season. Like, that's more than a third of your season is an ongoing losing streak. It's you have to feel bad for the players and the. Co- I mean, it's it's a like any coaching turnover transition is tough in college because you're kind of rebuilding the program. You're bringing in your own players and all this. It's not like the pros where you got people under contract and they can't leave and whatnot. But like, can man, you, that's can rough. you find a win in these final five regular season games? Oh yeah, I mean they could win all five of them if they if if they play well. They push Georgia, but like it. You know, it's just a you, you feel for the players because that's that's tough for anybody. Like you can you can make you can joke about it, but that's that's a tough season to try to to try to slog through for them. Yeah, definitely, and obviously, you know, especially when you see the women on the other side who are just smoking <laughs> just people. Just right, it was, it's a completely different uh, <laughs> you know results you're getting yeah. there. Uh, just curious of, of how you know what do LSU basketball fans feel about. You know, the state of the program now and obviously what happened with Will Wade. Yeah, I think you give him a pass for this season. I think, I think anytime, you have to, right. Yeah, it's it's like when I talked to when we talked to Brandon about Sean Payton, it's like I don't think you get a pass in year one if you're Sean Payton. But in college and you're kind of moving on in the awkward way that you did, hmm. um, I think Matt McMahon gets a pass this year. He doesn't get a pass next year, though. Like, 
you have to start ticking up. Like you can't do this again. You do this again, I think you get fired. Well, the, the good news is there's only the arrow can only go up from this season, right? You would think. Right. Right, like if the opposite of LSU men, or men's baseball, LSU baseball, where it's like, yeah, you you can't go up from number one. Like you got to just maintain. This is you know you're pretty much. I don't think you can get much worse than a 12 game losing streak. Although if it goes to 13 tomorrow or whatever it will be, then that's worse. So yeah. No, the the ineptitude of scoring has just been pretty constant all season from this Tiger yeah, squad. Yeah, the second time they played Arkansas, they lost by 20 and scored 40 points total. Oof. Yeah. Uh, the, the year two was going to be a lot uh, for obviously the McMahon era, I and sure hope so. hopefully uh, Miss Mulkey can give him some tips. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe they can get some uh, some of the women's team to come over and help. Charlie, what are your plans this weekend, sir? I may or may not be going to Endymion. It really kind of depends on how I'm feeling. Okay, and Jeff, I, I think I know you're going to Endymion. Any oh, other I'm plans? Trapped. I have no got no way out of it. You have to do Endymion. Yeah, it's at my house. I'll be there tomorrow, too. And then, obviously, uh, I really am curious. I'm going to try to check out, if I have to, on my phone even, Trey Murphy in that dunk competition tomorrow night. I'm watching. I have been told that Toth is the place to be, so maybe I'll go check it out As now that I'm pronouncing it correctly. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Be back next Friday. Jeff, Steven, Charlie, wishing you a happy Mardi Gras. Peace. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.